at this point, I don't understand what Jim Phillips is doing. It Nothing of what the ACC has done makes any sense to me. It seems like they're just flailing around and trying anything to stick against the wall, and none of it makes any sense. We'll get into why I am frustrated with the ACC on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. I'm the editor of 247's Eagle Insider. Make every Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, when you bet on Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. All right. The ACC. I just saw an article in 247 that had the ACC down as one of the winners of the most recent round of conference realignment, which they said for now, but I think that what they're getting at is that the fact that the ACC is still all in one piece is still a win in their books, which I get, but the ACC is, you know, credit to Jim Phillips for trying to do something. I, it's all too late and it's all, um, I don't feel like enough, but News has popped out. We talked about it on yesterday's show that Stanford and Washington are not Washington. Stanford and Cal are two teams that the ACC could be targeting to have a westward expansion of the conference. But Pat um, Ross Dellinger and Pete Thamel both also uh, um, tweeted out that they have a third team that they could be looking at. And that is the SMU Mustangs. Now SMU is in the AAC in the AAC is a very steep drop-off from the ACC. So the ACC, you know, they make, you know, was it $32 million a year plus every year. The AAC makes $6 million a year. So it would make sense for a team like SMU to want to do that. And SMU has quite the history. I mean, it's not the greatest history in terms of a clean program, but they have rich boosters. They have a rich history. They're in Dallas. That's a big media market. They're not the worst move in the world, but is this enough? Is this going to do enough to keep the ACC in one piece? Or is what Jim Phillips doing is basically backending his, his moves so that he's basically just accepting the fact that Clemson and Florida state are probably going to leave and maybe a few other teams and grabbing the best that he can to fill in once they're gone. That to me is what it seems to be like. Now, the biggest question to me, and we haven't seen the full financials of what they're offering these schools, other than a few thick details I'll give you in a second, is adding these three schools at a discount, would that be able to help you know, fund more money into the pockets of teams like Florida State and Clemson? Could you then beef up what they're going to get every year so that we stop listening to the board of trustees and Florida state fans and writers and everyone else complaining about the, the money disparity, because the big piece that has come out about this, I saw that Cal and Stanford, they're offering them to come in at, I think it's 60% or 70% of what they were offered, uh, what the other schools would make this. And, and for SMU, this is the bigger deal. They come in for free. You're not paying them anything, 
which makes sense for a school like that because SMU has some really rich boosters. So for me, I have two thoughts about this. If, if this is part of a genius scheme from Jim Phillips, and that's me with my scar, my sarcasm font on right now to somehow find a way to get ESPN to bring in more money, but then funnel it to the bigger program so that he can keep his conference happy, then fine. This could be a good move, but I haven't seen that yet. Everything I've seen is this question marks of how much this would actually bring in. And if this doesn't bring in anything, if other than bringing in a few extra, you know, pieces and, and bigger media markets, because you're bringing in Cal, you're bringing in California, you're bringing in Texas. That's nice. But that still feels like to me, and I was on another podcast the other day, like, you know, you're the boy at the dike where you're putting your finger into the hole to try to stop the, the flood from coming out. That's what this all feels like right now, that there's this big tidal wave that's going to take over that wall and that Jim Phillips is over there putting his fingers into those holes and it's not going to make a lick of difference at the end. This to me reeks of desperation. And I think the frustrating part about all of this is that SMU, I saw um, Bud Elliott say, you know, would be a great fit because with the right money, they could become a, a, a powerhouse again in less than a decade. That's fine. But why at, why at the end of this are we standing here, you know, with the bag in our hand when you could have gone out there and got Oregon and Washington because they didn't take full shares to go to the Big Ten. We saw the news about that. What did Jim Phillips do or didn't do that prevented him from bringing in all these other schools that are now running elsewhere that could have been bigger fit, better fits. I would have much rather had Oregon and Washington. Those are big time programs. Those would be great fits with the Clemson's and Florida States and all the other programs that they could, they could play against, but Nope, you let them go to the big 10. Instead, it feels like right now we're picking up scraps. You pick up Cal, you know, and as I've said on this podcast before, I'm speaking as a college football fan right now, not as Boston college fan. So don't bother going into my comment section saying, oh, it's a Boston College fan. I like I like college football too. Cal's bad. BC's bad. Let's put that out there, right? Cal brings nothing. Stanford is, is fine, but if the money that you're bringing in, and this is the other rumor that I heard, is only to pay for the expenses of traveling to S- Dallas, to Stanford, and to Cal, then again, you're losing here. You're losing your... your Again, the student-athletes are, are the ones suffering on all this because it's all just a money issue. If it's just those three, I would still... If if if, if Jim Phillips is going to go down this road and you know SMU and Cal and Stanford, great academic fits, right? Just go... Let's go to the wall here and just grab any good you know um, athletic program that you can think of. Get Tulane in here, sure. Let's grab... Um, you know, let's go for rice. Let's, you know, let's get all the academics programs and then watch as cat, you know, as Clemson and Florida state say, peace out. I'm getting out of this uh, because that's, what's going to happen. Um, Beast, you know, the ACC has had its chances to fix this. Now that the big 10 and the big 12 and the sec have all made their moves and Jim Phillips hasn't done anything other than, you know, getting on the CW, which was great a couple of weeks ago, but seems like pittance right now. It feels to me like the ACC is in desperation mode and no move that they can make right now is going to fix the, 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 
the screw up that they are in. There's nothing out there. You're not going to get Notre Dame to join. No matter what pipe dream you want, you cannot get Notre Dame to join. And all the other programs that are available, whether it's the SMUs, the Stanfords, the Tulane's, the um, UConn's, whatever, are going to fix what's wrong with this conference right now. And it's going to change. Things are going to change soon. So we're going to wait and see what comes up because it seems like they're going to be voting on this soon. So keep your eyes and ears open. We'll be talking about it on tomorrow's show, I'm sure, too. Now, again, we start. We can always kick off with this realignment stuff because we can't get enough of it. In a moment, I want to talk about BC football camp. And I'm going to look at some freshmen that have stood out so far at camp and might be names that you're going to want to know about when it comes to the start of the 2023 season. Now, if you know me, you know I am a giant fan of the bird dogs. I am, I'm telling you folks, I'm up to five pairs of bird dogs right now. My wife told me the other day, she's like, you got to stop buying them. But I can't stop buying them because I love them. And I'm so excited because they got pants coming out now too. And athletic gear, they're the best. Okay, so bird dogs, they, why I love them, they, they make you look good. They, they have the stretch khaki shorts, which fit slim through the thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look. For a guy like me, they fit perfectly. I've been looking everywhere for shorts that aren't cargo shorts because I'm not 18 years old anymore. But make me look good that I can wear out to a restaurant or I can wear out on a date with my wife. Bird dogs do it. They are they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. And they are made to make you look good. I I'm telling you folks, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college right now and enter promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college or promo code locked on college for a free tech white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. This is locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ black. And we're talking now camp. Let's get, let's get over. Let's push conference realignment to the side here. You know, every day we have to talk about it because it impacts Boston College. BC is in the forefront of a lot of this news, right? But there's camp going on. There's 85 men at Chestnut Hill right now that have been busting their butt for the last week and a half, getting themselves ready for the start of the 2023 season. And I've been to a bunch of practices. You know, they're closed, but uh, I've gotten a chance to talk to the staff, to players, and get a, get a good f- and read and and immerse myself in a lot of what the – uh, the buzzes around this team. And so let's get into the freshmen. Everyone wants to know, you know, you're bringing in, I think 17 true freshmen this year and everyone, you know, who's, who follows Boston college wants to know who's going to be the true freshman that steps up this year. Last year, we, we saw Amari Jackson and, Mar- and Alex broom play a little bit. Jeremiah Franklin. We saw a bunch of different uh, freshmen that were forced into the two deep because of injuries. This year, BC has the luxury of depth. You know, at every position, Halfley feels like, and, and it sounds like he's got players that have played and good depth at every position. So it might limit more of the freshmen, you would think. But he's, he's he, you know, some names have popped up that of, of freshmen that I think are worth watching heading into this upcoming season. The first one is a big one, is Jaden Williams, wide receiver from Catholic Memorial in Massachusetts. We've talked about him on this podcast before, and he continues to raise the bar in terms of expectations for this season. Now on Wednesday today, I was at practice and Halfley said that he's been working skeet out with the ones and twos. This goes into one of his philosophies that he brought up earlier this summer, which is that this year, instead of like easing the freshmen in and like, you know, kind of like getting them acclimated, he's pushing them. 
He's pushing them so that they're ready faster. So you're seeing guys that he thinks are ready playing with the ones and twos. So they get ready for that college speed. It's a different philosophy than what he's had in the past. I like it. I think that's a good thing. Like, you know, you, you learn faster in real life experience. So that's a good thing. So skeet again, continues to make big plays. Um, Emmett Moorhead just the other day says that he has bigger hands than he does, or as big of hands as he does. And when I shook Emmett Moorhead's hand, it like swallowed up my hand. I got a little hand. I don't, I don't have big hands here, but he's got a big hand. So to think that you have a wide receiver that could do that, that's a big deal. Skeet is only a three-star recruit, but he played in the all American game. I think he's underrated. Halfley during the spring called him the best recruit in Massachusetts, which given that there, you know, was, you know, Bubakar Traor and a few other, you know, blue chippers that went elsewhere. It, it, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not, but I think he's a name you're going to want to watch. Another name that's come up uh, during camp was Jacoby Robinson, the, the quarterback from, uh, from Texas, Hendricks, Texas. Now, Robinson was a name that many folks kind of fell in love with during the spring game. You know, he had a couple big runs, but he was playing, I think he was 17 years old in that spring game. Uh, and, you know, other than a few big runs, I, I thought, you know, he looked like a 17 year old, but according to Halfley, he's continuing to make some big plays and opening some eyes. He said today that he really liked the way that, that Robinson was throwing the ball. Now I don't expect Robinson to play this year. You, you know, even if there's a game where BC is up by a lot or, you know, probably down by a lot, maybe at some point, I expect Thomas Castellanos to get those snaps. So I don't think Robinson will be a guy that we'll see this year. Um, but it's good to see that the freshmen are, are kind of developing. The other two names that came up were two safeties that are battling to get onto the two deep. And those safeties are Carter Davis out of Maryland and KP Price, who played for St. Francis Academy last year. Now, both of these guys had big springs. Uh, they both played significantly uh, significant snaps in the spring game. And there is, you know, a lot of positional battles going on, especially in that secondary, that either of these guys could jump in and could potentially win that spot. So I, I could see all four of those guys playing roles. Nate Johnson, another wide receiver. He's out of Florida, probably the fastest guy out of their freshman class also came up um, in a lot of discussions for some big plays as well. So those are the freshmen that I'm looking at now, guys that you might not, you know, I, I mentioned Robinson, someone who might not play. The hope is that you also have like Michael Krauts and um, uh, Ryan Mikau, the two uh, offensive linemen. You want to be able to redshirt those guys. When you're developing your offensive line, you want to be able to redshirt some guys so that they can continue to build. Those guys shouldn't play. Um, Holden Simmons, the uh, tight end. I haven't heard much of him. Um, and, and you know, there's going to be a few other guys that we'll hear about soon. But the big news is if you're interested in BC and, you, and you're like, damn, AJ, how do you get to go to these things? Thursday night, they're having an open practice for the public. So you, I think it starts at 630. There's a fan fest before the practice at four. So you can go down and bring your kids. Uh, there's open practice and then they have autographs after. So that's a cool, I, I think this is cool. I know Adazio used to do this at one point. They haven't done this since um, the pandemic, uh, but this is a great opportunity for the, for players to get, have some live fans that are there. And for you, the fans that haven't had a chance to see this team to go out and have some fun, it's going to be probably nice weather. Uh, so bring your kids down for that. And then on Sunday, this isn't open to the public, but they have their first live scrimmage. Um, and hopefully we'll get some details about that as well um, after the fact. Now, in our final segment, let's take off the pads. Let's get into um, let's get into 
the basketball team who's still over in Europe who had their second game. And we'll get into what that meant. And one player, I think that will be a key for BC basketball success in 2023. Now football is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. For me, if I'm going in there, I'm betting on the Chiefs. I, I, I until they prove me that they can't, they can be beaten. They that feels like twelve or thirteen easy bets, free bets for me. So you can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon. Take some time to visit FanDuel and include everything that you see there. Love it. Check out FanDuel right now. This is Locked On BCI. I'm your host, AJ Black. And we're talking about summer. It's been busy. Uh, women's uh, had a big win um, against, a, I think they were a Spain team. Uh, they had like 100 something points. It was a nice game for the women's basketball team. But men's basketball team won their second exhibition game against an Italian team. And they're going to finish off their season on Friday against Spain in their exhibition uh, on their on their European trip. Uh, so what has stood out? So for folks that have been reading up on my, you know, um, recaps, these games have not been televised. So it's all based off of, I've only been able to post some of the things I've read and the stats that BC provides, but Earl Grant hasn't coached any of these games. I think he's using it. And I, I like this as night as an opportunity for his assistants to, to coach. Every game has been a different assistant. Now Earl Grant's there. Um, you can see uh, in some of the game, uh, the trip recaps, you know, they did the gladiator thing. And I think he played the role of the emperor during those. Um, so he's been there. But the bigger news is, you know, BC's playing against opponents. And I honestly, I, I don't know what the quality of these opponents are. I, I'm guessing not that great. No, no offense to them. But I think they're probably a little lower level and because B- BC's winning these by like 40 points each. But it made me think about a player on Tuesday's game that had a big output and who I think is going to be the key for a successful 2023 season. It's not Quentin post. We know what we're going to get with Quentin post. And, and I want to say the same thing with Jane Zachary. If he, as long as he puts together a good season, he'll be fine. To me, the key to next year is going to be Prince Allegby. Prince Allegby is going to be a sophomore and this is his year to step up. You know, he started off his season strong last year. I think he had the game winner. Was it Detroit Mercy that he hit the game winner? Or it may have even been the opener against Cornell. Um, but he was quiet at times. Uh, he, you know, he he slipped into that freshman role pretty quickly. And, you know, so at times it looked like, you know, the, there were moments where it was tough for him. He had last night uh, against um, Orange Basasana or something like that. I think he had like 15 points and nine rebounds. Now we know what we're going to get out of Jaden Zachary. We know what we're going to get out of Quentin post. So you have a good guard. You have a good center. You need a good wing. You need a, a, a wing that can consistently hit those mid range jumpers can slash can do all of that, which we've seen pieces of what a has done in the last couple, you know, at, at points during that last, last season, but he's going to be more consistent. They need a, a a number three guy behind Zachary and 
and posts. And that could be Devin McLaughlin. But for me, I, I think a Ligby on the, at least on the offensive side is more versatile. He can do a lot for you. Um, and we'll be able to really um, stretch out the floor a little bit for them. And, um, relieve some of the pressure on guys like Post, who are going to demand a lot of attention. So for me, I think seeing a Ligby develop from, you know, a, a, a freshman who's learning, who seems on short times, but is, is, has his moments to a guy that we just, like we just saw, had 15 points, looks sure of himself. And as John uh, Rothstein says, could be a real key could turn BC from a team that could have a solid season. Like we had last year, to a good to great season, because if he steps up, if he becomes that valuable contributor, especially on the offensive side of the ball, BC has something special. You have a lot of talent out there that can win you some games. So I, for me, McLaughlin, I think is a, is, is three B, but for me, Prince Oligby has that opportunity. If he steps up this year to be the next big thing for BC and take this team to the next level. We'll be back again tomorrow to talk more, probably about conference realignment and more about BC sports. Whatever's coming up, we will talk about it. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247. Uh, and you can become come over to Eagle Insider. Check out all our work over there as well. Thank you all so much for all you everydayers that listen to us all the time. Appreciate you all. Take care, everyone. We'll see you again soon.